Yo, what up, everybody? Welcome to the Basement Broadcast. Where random thoughts come to light. It's your boy, Just James. And I'm your boy, Philly. We're out here, man. We're live. We out here. Episode we're, one, baby. We're doing it. We're doing it. Yes, sir. Glad to be here, bro. All right, man. I'm just really happy to be here as well. We got nothing going on in our lives because everything's all fucking corona fucked. It's crazy right now, man. What a time to be alive. I, I feel like I say that all the time right now. Me too. I, can't, I still can't believe it that we're like, we're just, I don't know. Every time I go outside... You know, the other day I went to a, I went to, um, it was like a grocery store. Mm. I went to one. They didn't have what I wanted. Went to another one. Forgot to put my mask on. Everyone was sitting there staring at me. And I'm like, why is everyone looking at me? I totally just didn't have my mask on. I remember you telling me that. And it's, I, I noticed people too, like they still get out of their cars and go up to the door and then they'll turn around and forget it. In most places now, they'll actually give you one at the door, but you <laughs> Yo, know, it's wild. I went to go get this mic today. <laughs> I'm coming, I'm coming out of the Guitar Center. This dude's walking in. He goes, oh, shit. <laughs> it happens, Starts man. heading back to his car. People want that norm- normalcy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, well, we're not... We're far from that, dude. You think so? Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't know when we're going to go back. Um, I don't know, man. People are just like... I think people are just so scared, dude. It's... That's the depressing thing. I always think about, like... You know, when is it going to be okay to, like, walk around without one? Right. You know? Well, it's crazy because, like, you know, you're obviously from New York, but you lived here in Michigan a long time. I've been in Michigan my whole life. We went out last weekend or was it the weekend before, tried to get into a bar, and at both places it was an hour and a half wait. So people are, like, chomping at the bit to get out right now. Yeah, dude, it's funny you say that. Actually, I went, when I was at Guitar Center today, um, the dude was like, yo, it was crazy all day. Uh, I think because, number one, people got their stimulus checks. Right. And then also just because it was such a nice day out. And I was like, damn. And then I went to the other guitar center because that place didn't have the mic I wanted. Ironically, it's like the most used mic ever and they didn't have it. So I went to the other one. The other one was more packed than the one that I was at. So, yeah, it's people are itching to get out, man. It's wild. And even like being out and about yesterday, it, it felt like the Royal Rumble out there in the streets, bro. <sighs> like it was it was mad wild. And it's good to see that, you know, people are getting a little money. You know, economy will slowly get back um i just hope people are being smart about it you know not just blowing it and maybe pay a little debt off or something but hey that's none of my business you, everybody could do what they want with it i just you know I, i'm just ready for this to be over uh sooner rather than later um obviously i've been through it a lot of people been through it some people didn't make it out r.i.p you know what i mean so i think a lot of if not everybody is just ready to be done. But um, if you want to go ahead and explain what we're going to get into on a weekly basis. Yeah, so basically we're going to start with a segment. It's going to be, what I didn't even write this down. What is it called? So we're going to do fives of the week. Fives of the week. That's what we're calling it. But we're basically starting off with um, five of our favorite things. And it's going to be different topics. So whether it's like food or hip hop or movies, today we're starting with hip hop. And uh, we're going to start the, the episode, every episode like that. And um, that's what we do. And, and for those that don't know, we at a time and it's still at times are aspiring artists. So we have a vested interest in the hip hop game and we'll have some hot takes for sure. So uh, if you want to go ahead and start it off, I know we're going to share the first couple. So, yeah, we both have the same first two, which isn't really a surprise to me at all, because a lot of people, I think, share these two artists. And actually, I kind of want to start off by asking you why everyone seems to have these two artists in their top 10, top five. Um, and those two artists are Tupac and Biggie. 
Yeah, so, I mean, obviously with the whole East-West Coast rivalry thing, and then with their unsolved deaths, I think comes with a lot of clout, you know, and the body of work that they have, even though Biggie's was a lot less, I think the impact it had was was great. You know what I mean? And they're, both their stories at times got intertwined, and um, it's, it's just wild how that all transpired. And it's wild still to this day. It's It's unsolved, even though it's you know, various reports on, you know, who did what, you know what I mean? But I'm talking about on the music front, dude, we can go on and on, but like Tupac, he has a song for every emotion you're feeling. You know what I mean? Like if I'm pissed off and just want to pump some weights, like I'll throw hit him up on, Yeah. you know what I mean? Like if I'm in my feels or something, like, I mean, I, my favorite song outside of changes, because we, we share the same story as yeah. far as changes, yeah. but like, I like listening to Picture Me Rolling when I'm just cruising around. Oh, that's a good-ass song, yeah. You know what I mean? Just that, that vibing song, that rider music, which I've always loved. Yeah. Um, you know, Thug's Mansion. Um, and, of course, all the bangers. Um, so I guess you have Pac-1, Biggie 2. Yeah, I got to put, put Pac over Big only because the emotion, I think. Yeah. I actually think, like, Biggie was a way better lyricist, though. But sometimes Pac had really good lyrics. Like, his wordplay was good. It just wasn't consistent, as consistent as Biggie was. Like, Biggie was, like, a real New York MC, And I think Pac was always going more so for the vibe than he was the actual um, technical lyrical side. Right. You know? But I, I have heard Pac use crazy compound syllables every now and then. But he just had a better feel to me, man, overall. Like, he... He made me feel his music more in the beginning. But the more I listen to Big, I like Big too. Do you think that do you think they both would have been as important though if they would have stayed alive and like got a chance to fall off? Like a lot of artists fall off in their later careers, you know what I mean? And then they almost like I don't know why, but I feel like with M specifically, people are like coming at this dude like, oh, he's not who he was and as if like his first three, four albums weren't crazy right and i feel like that happens to a lot of artists man like even some of my favorite artists you know i was listening to the other day and not on my list but ludicrous right and i was just like dude like he had really great albums that kind of broke the barrier of like sound like he was unique and uh but it's like now the music he puts out isn't really popular anymore and it's like damn dude like he's kind of just forgotten about and it, it's funny how it all goes in waves, like, because when you're talking Luda, like, that's when the South was huge with, mm -hmm. like, uh, Mike Jones, right. you know, Paul Wall, UGK, all those guys from down South were just taking over. And that was the hottest thing running for years, you know what I mean? Right. But it's like the old saying, die a hero or, or live long enough to be the villain. Yep. You know, you see that with a lot of MCs, and especially in particular with Eminem. Um, you people are coming at him left and right, and I think he references that in his last album. Yeah. You know, so. A bunch. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it's unfortunate because he's, you know, we'll talk about him a little bit later, but, uh, yeah, that's kind of what happens, and that's that's a really good question because I'm really curious, you know, how that would have worked out. Um, but they were just two superstars, dude. Yeah. You know, so it's I wouldn't bet against them, you know. I think they would have had a lot of a longer run on the top because I think the game would be totally different even now. They were just trendsetters. And I wonder if, uh, specifically with Tupac, because I think they had totally different styles. To me, it seemed like Biggie was more about, I want to make the best out of every record I put, whereas Pac seemed to be more about volume. Like, I, I don't, I'm not going to be here forever. I want to put out as much as I can. 
And I was watching this documentary, The Art of Rap, the other day. And that's one thing that Ice-T asked Dr. Dre actually about Pac. Like, what was his work ethic like? He said it was like nothing I've ever seen. He said Pac would go in the booth with the pen and paper, blank, and write while the beat was on, record it, and then be like, throw me another one. He would throw him another beat, and he would do the same thing. And he kept doing it. And that's why I think a lot of times, like, as an artist, and you're an artist too, like, we can kind of pick up on different things that an audience member that's not a a hip-hop artist won't pick up on. And I think a lot of, Pac recycled a lot of things. Like, I noticed he rhymed Hennessy and Enemies, like, a bunch of different times. Right. And not that that's, like, a bad thing or whatever, but I think that he wasn't as concerned with the lyrical side of it all more than he was with the feel and, like, what what is the song doing, you know? Like, yeah. the vibe of it. Yeah, he was definitely more of a um, vibe and emotion type rapper. You know, like, Big would. I really appreciate Big Story too, because like we watched that documentary, yeah. the one that's out on Netflix right now. Yeah, it, it's actually a good watch because it gives a little bit more intricate information, you know, from his upbringing and stuff like that. Right. You know, and just like the whole battle, you know, um, with uh, that's how he got hooked up with Fifty Grand and all that. You know, the beginning. Right. It's really cool and that that whole mindset of you know, yo, I'm big, black, and ugly, I, and I don't give a fuck. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it just yeah. that. It is what it is, you know, and he's like, I'm, I'm gunning for the top spot, man. And, and he brought all Junior Mafia with them, man. So I really re- appreciate that, too. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I think you're right, man. I think I think they definitely would have kept going, though. I just don't know how long or who would have turned on them or whatever, but I wouldn't doubt them either. But um, this is interesting. So you we both share those, but then you go from there to 50 Cent. Yeah. So. Pac was, you know, my first favorite. And then once 50 came out, like. You're not going to see it from the list I have, but, like, I, I love, like, the West Coast style. So the Dre's, the Snoop's, you know, the Cubes and all that. Right. But, like, and and he obviously, Dre and them with Eminem. And Eminem was obviously from here. And then, like, he was kind of under Eminem's wing. And he just took off so quick, man. And, like, I always go back to that Get Rich or Die Trying album. I love every song on it. And then when he linked up with G-Unit and had, you know, Beg for Mercy, like, that was fire. So... <sighs> There's so many just hit songs that I could just play like nonstop. Like even to this day, like no matter what I'm doing, I can play 50 Cent songs and like nod my head. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, that beg for mercy was almost like a get rich part two with all his boys on it. Yeah, like that was just a crazy, crazy album. Because we talked about the massacre and, and and other albums that weren't you know necessarily as good, but you look at the features he was on and the what he produced with G Unit. It's all fire, man. You know, it's just it's just a feel, it's a vibe. Like his story's great too. You know what I mean? So it's weird too, man. Like I don't know if you ever heard the record, but uh, have you ever heard Power of the Dollar? Yeah, that was the one before Get Richard I Trying. That shit was crazy too. He was actually pretty lyrical back then. Yeah, and then I don't know what happened. I think he kind of just got comfortable with the the way he was doing the hooks and sort of. Oh, and then he like. I don't know, it's a segue, but he brought game in. A lot of his dudes that he brought in, he made really good. Like, you know, they they did well. Like, Lloyd Banks' album, first album, was all hits, too. Low-key, I thought Lloyd Banks was was fire, man. Yeah, he was. That first album, I mean, I got friends, too, that still call him the Punchline King, and Mm. they think he's, like, the best or whatever, but I I don't think anything that Lloyd Banks put out after that first album was as 
impactful. Right. You know, but Young Buck too. Yeah. I think Yale might have been the the weakest link out of all that. Yeah. Uh, no offense to him, but um, then Game Man, Game was Game's album too. was fucking incredible, dude. Like those, it just hit after hit, man. Yeah, he came out swinging too, and um. You just wonder what what could have happened if that faction stayed together a little bit longer too. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah, man. I mean, well, because you gotta think too. Like, Game didn't only break away from Fifty, but he broke away from Dre for a while because I think Dre kind of told him, gave him advice that he didn't listen to. And um, but I props to Game for holding his own and and holding his head above water when he had a whole machine that ran the industry basically against him. Right. You know, I think that. Uh, I think his clout helped a lot with that too, though. Just him being from Compton, him being from a gang, him being shot however many times. I think he was shot five or six times too. Just, yeah, I, I think his image really helped him a lot, but he wasn't whack at all. Like his lyrics were great. I thought actually, if you want to talk album consistency, I think Game has better albums than 50 even, like with the way he did it. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he has a classic as good as 50s like because no artists do yeah not really i mean not a lot of artists do i mean no for sure i mean there's very select few albums that you can listen to front to back and both get rich or die trying and the beg for mercy albums like i could and um, yeah yeah so that's why he would be my second and so yours i guess after pock and big would be lauren hill yeah lauren hill man uh like i I, I used to listen to her, but I didn't like, I don't think I heard her <laughs> the way I've been hearing her lately. And uh, I just realized specifically too, man, Grammys just passed. Um, and one of the things that comes to mind is I can't remember if it was 97 or 98. You got to think, man, Lauren Hill was part of the Fugees. She was like the only female in the group broke away from them. People didn't think she was going to do well. Her fucking album, her first album, I think, is in the Library of Congress. It, she won five Grammys. Only woman to win five Grammys in one night off her first album, Breaking Solo, and then just disappeared. Like, she's amazing. She sings. She raps. She writes her own stuff. Um, I, I just can't think of anyone that embodies hip-hop more than Lauryn Hill all around. And I, I just even her topics, like you go to any song, she's got crazy topics, even like, you know, remember that song, That Thing? Yeah. I mean, just talking to women, but talking to men also. Right. She never seemed like she had an agenda. It was more or less just trying to keep people informed about like, hey, man, like some people only want that thing. Just be careful out there. And also not putting herself above anybody, I think. She, she really, she had like a conscious, uh, take on things, but also not a holier than thou approach. Right. And I think that when you're speaking consciously to people, that's very important to not have a holier than thou. Like we're all human, we all make mistakes. And I just think she embodies what hip hop is and soul and and all that. No, and that's awesome. It's a great pick, and it's one like you don't really appreciate. I think until like as you get a little bit older, you look back and you're like, wow, like powerful stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. With the messages and whatnot. So moving on, you got Nas. Yeah, Nas, uh, definitely Nas, dude. When I first heard Nas, there was something about him, <clears throat> about him, like the way that he wrote his, his raps, his flow, the words he was using. I could see everything he was saying. The imagery 
is what stood out to me. And I remember even being in English class, that was one thing that my teacher always used to bring up is like imagery. Make sure when you write, you have imagery. And I can't think of an artist that has imagery like Nas. Right. So he's definitely there. Um, for you, you got next after 50, you got Eminem. Yeah, so Eminem, just he, the, the barriers he broke down, you know, his story, being a hometown kid, like, it was just, it was like pandemonium around here. You know what I mean? Um, he's probably the most lyrical person on my group, but um, there's a there's just a laundry list of songs of, of M that I could listen to, and maybe not so much now, but, like, even a few of his projects have been really good. Um. I know he's he's not in yours, but what do you think his best album was? Um, man, it's what's that's a funny question too, because like I kind of I kind of juggle the first three, mm-hmm. and I gotta say the Eminem show. Now that I'm older, was is probably his most mature album. Yeah, uh, it's his yeah, it's his most conscious, most mature. And um, more, more, most grown up album, I think. So I would have to say that one just because I'm older. But then I'll go back and listen to something from the Marshall Mathers LP and be like, no, this is the one. Like this, yeah. you know, it's just so. But um, I think lyrically, Marshall Mathers. But if I'm gonna pick one, it's gonna be the Eminem show. Yeah, I think overall the Eminem show is probably like the album I could listen to front to back the most. Um. But my second in line was going to be the Marshall Mathers LP. Yeah, yeah do you get yeah? Because he he was so witty on that one and dark. Yeah, like I was thinking about that song. Uh, remember that song? I never knew I. Mm-hmm. And he's just like I was thinking about like he could do that song now actually, and it would make sense because right. people are trying to blame everybody for what's going on, and um, you know, you he, I just love that line where he was like. He was like, uh, little Eric jumped off of the Paris. You should have been watching him. Apparently, you ain't parents. Right. Like, that was just hilarious to me. It's like, yeah, the artist is does have responsibility. I think artists do have a responsibility to children because mm. as adults, I think we all do. Yeah. Um, But not more than the parents do. So I thought that was like a genius line where it's like, dude, you should have been watching him. Like, what, what are your kids listening to? Do you know yeah. your kids? You know? So um yeah i just think that album was crazy it's, i got a funny story because i remember driving in the car and it was back in the day my, my grandma had a jeep so it was back when you had to put the cds like in the trunk so you basically can't oh, get shit. the cd out you yeah. know what i mean so when m came on i don't remember exactly what song it was but it was like raunchy as hell and my grandma was tripping like she was pissed like what are you guys listening to this is unacceptable blah 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 oh, <laughs> yo God. we're laughing and she was so pissed at us, bro. But, like, it was something we haven't heard before. You know what yeah. I mean? It was just so out there, so, like, not the norm that we were all bought in. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. he, lyrically, he just cut it up, man. I, I, I just. Dude, yeah. that's so funny that you said that. I literally just remembered that. Yeah. Like, you plug it into the, you, like, it was, like, the CD changer thing or whatever. It yeah. was in the back. Yeah. It was in the trunk. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's so funny and now everything's digital man yeah it's just wild how far we came i still remember when aol came out you know what i mean yeah wild man yeah you're waiting on a connection um so that's how i am on tinder <laughs> you're right <laughs> just like just AOL, wait, just on, wait a on a connection nothing pointless messages all yeah. that so lastly but not least you got the boy kanye cheddar yeah dude kanye man um first guy that basically kind of let me know that I could be 
he he broke me out of my shell, like as an artist myself, because it was like, wow, he's the dude that's just wearing polo shirts and jeans and dropped out of college. He's not like a gangster, you know. He's not. He doesn't have a crazy story. Um, that was really cool to me, and also like, uh, you and I share a mutual friend that was kind of about that life. Mm. So like, it's not like we weren't around it. Like, it's not like I'm sure you were with the dude and and got into some shit. And uh, I know I was with him a few times and got into some shit. Could have been bad. And so it's like when you're so close to that life, but you're not about it. I'm speaking for myself at this point. Like I wasn't about that life, but I was kind of close to it to a certain extent with certain people that I was hanging out with. Um, It was just cool to see that Kanye was like from the south side of Chicago, not really the best area, but he wasn't involved in street stuff you know just a kid who's like sort of like that geek you know always liking art and uh beats and writing rhymes and and things like that so i don't know i just i feel like he kind of represents the average dude that wants to rap or express himself yeah that's a great one what's your favorite kanye west song oh it's gotta be uh i think through the wire um yeah it, it would have to be through the through the wire, damn, or touch the sky, dude. I don't know why I just love that song, touch the sky. Um, champion. He's just got so many, man. Yeah, he, he has so many, um, so many one-liners. No doubt. And uh, yeah, I just I love Kanye West, dude, to the fullest. I think his first three albums, and then Dark Twisted Fantasy. You could just give me those four albums, and I don't need to listen to anything else. Yeah, for sure. Well, I guess I got to round out my list with the boy DMX, man. Yeah. So Talk about it. Bro, just just talk about raw passion. You know what I mean? Again, not the most lyrical, but he was just captivating, man, with his sound, you know? And uh and there there's some like some sneaky good songs that he, that he's done that people kind of forget about like um like slip in like it's all good. Like how's oh, it going yeah. down? How's it going down? Yeah, like I love those songs. Like party up and you know, um, Rough Rider Anthem were great. Yeah, good party songs. You want to get lit, you know. That's what you're you're gonna bump. But countless albums, and you know, some of it was, I guess, at times repetitive. But the emotion, you know, what I mean, again, you just wanted to get hype, man. You know what I mean? And for sports games, and like I still hear stuff getting played today in like sports venues. You know what I mean? So you remember, uh, you remember watching Any Given Sunday? Have you yeah. seen that movie? Oh yeah. And for there's sure. that song that comes on, and it's like, "You will not take this from me, baby." Yeah. <laughs> Yo, that's like, dude, DMX is just crazy, dude. He, uh, he's actually he was in my top ten for yeah. sure. Like he's, he's dope, dude. He's um, he's different. Never compromised either. Like never, never softened up for radio play and right. still got radio play. Yeah, he just stayed true all the way through, man. I mean good bad and ugly you know what i mean so you got to respect that so to me like he's he's always going to be up there for me and yeah. it was hard like some honorable mentions like it was hard to leave like dre cube like even jay-z like some of my favorite guys you know what i mean and and even there's some some newer cats like j cole and big sean like i'm oh, huge fans man. of bro yeah you know but when you gotta narrow it down to five it's like all right who can i listen to the most you know what i mean yeah so uh, was that kind of how you figured it out too? That's really what it was. It's like if most people play that game where like if you could only take one album to an island, that's all you have. Then I mean that's really tight. Now you really right. got to narrow it down. But yeah, I mean if someone said, "Hey, you can only listen to five artists and all their whatever they put out," um, who would you pick? That's kind of like what I'm doing, you know. Yeah. And 
this is obviously the hip hop genre only though, right. because you and I both know, man. Simple man, you know, we could we could put on some Leonard Skinner at any moment oh, or, yeah. or whatever, you know, Frank Sinatra. I know you get down, you listen to a lot of different songs, so and and different genres. New York. Dude, I love like I even like folk music and like jazz. Like there's so many things out there, but as far as hip hop, yeah, man. These are the these are the five artists that I couldn't live without for sure. Yeah, no doubt. That's a solid list, man. And you know, we share some uh, common ground there as well. So next week. We're going to do movies. That's going to be crazy. So we'll give you some time to think about it. I think we might share one or two together, but um, I'm curious to see what you come up with, man. Yeah, that's going to be, that's going to be, I'll, I'll need a whole week just to come up with it because that's going to be uh, hard to cut out. I've, there's so many movies I love, man, but yeah, we'll figure that out. And it's hard because we're not narrowing it down by like genre. You know what I mean? Like we're right. going like all time, your, your top five favorite movies that, you know, come on and you'll never shut off. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There's some that still come on TV, and every time it's on, I find myself getting lost in it. You yeah, know what I mean? you, you had something to do, and you're just like, oh, shit, I got to yeah. sit down and finish this. Because yeah. I'm parked right here from, from now on. Yeah, Um. so I don't know, man. I kind of wanted to bal- uh, talk about like the balance between your work life versus your personal life uh, during the pandemic or maybe even before, like if anything changed or how you how you handle that like being your age and and having a kid and um like how does that go yeah so i mean i've i've been you know with the same company for a long time um and without saying names or anything like that like there's been different management waves and i think like that has a lot to do with work life balance and the culture that they create in the workplace yeah um for me it's super important because I'm just all about balance. I try to walk that line, you know what I mean? And and take, I'll take calculated risks. I know when to dial it back. You know, I feel like I've kind of managed that really well to this point in my life where I'm almost 35. Um, but I've been, I've been overworked and, and, and tired and pissed off to where I bring it home and it affects my relationship, my mood, all that stuff. But that's because that's what I was getting pressured to do. Mm. Um, I think, you know, but I've also been in, with people that understand that and have families and value that. And it's just, it's so comforting to know that, you know, if I'm having a bad day or something, I'm a jet outer. If if I do something on the side, like I can do that as long as I'm taking care of business. I don't have to feel like if I, if I have one slip up, like I, you know, the world's coming crashing down. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Well, and you have like, I mean, you have your own place. So like, what do you find? This is interesting too. Like, how much time do you think you have for free time during the week? Like, do you are there things that you can do during the week, or do you pretty much leave a lot of your personal um, activities for the weekends? You know, it's funny because like I realize how much time I wasted just living for the weekends. Mm. So I try to make the most out of every day now. As much as I still look forward to the weekends, to where I don't have to get up and go to work. You know what I mean? But yeah. Um, I try to like, I'll go to the gym and try to get something accomplished like every day. I noticed you've been going to the gym a lot. Yeah. Just, you know, it, just trying to stay healthy, trying to stay in that positive mind frame. Um, I think that's important, man. I think if, you know, if that's all you're doing is looking towards the weekend and not doing anything during the week, it's tough. It, it, it becomes repetitive. It could be miserable at times, you know? Um, I don't know. I mean, do you feel that way? too i mean i know like in your job you work longer hours so it's it's more difficult probably to get things done during the week um but 
Yeah, it's it's pretty much, um, and I'm also like still in the early stages of uh, trying to get used to it physically, because um, I went from you know I think I told you this, but like I was an hour and thirty minutes away from work. Now I'm thirty minutes away from work, so that's a change. But then also I am working twelve hour days, so it's um it's hard to balance, man. I'm still trying to get used to it, but once I get used to it like physically where I can come home and I'm not getting ready right for bed. Um, I think it'll be better, but it's already better than it was. Yeah. So, um, but pretty much dude, I don't, I don't really do anything during the week. Unfortunately, I kind of just try to think about what I can do on the weekends. Right. I mean, it, it is what it is like, whether it's music or whether it's this, a lot of, um, a lot of my weeks just consist of me thinking about it and then sort of like planning and then I'll be like, all right, cool. Like for, for instance, this podcast, like all week I thought about what do I need? You know, I need a microphone. I need this. I need that. Yeah. And then it's like that way, once Saturday hits, I can go check off the boxes. So on this question, do you feel like that's sustainable, like long-term? Um, no, it's not. I, I don't think that it is, but I don't think it'll stay that way. I think, I think eventually I'll get to a point where I can handle it um, and still be able to do things during the week because right now I'm still sort of new to the route, you know? I mean, what I do is I just drive around and hit different spots. Um, but it's the same every day. Um, not every day during the week, but like every Monday is the same, every Tuesday is the same and so on. So I think like, you know, it'd be like you, you hit the same spots probably too, right? Like the yeah, same stores, right. maybe once in a while they'll add a store on, or you'll get a new client who right. knows, but, um, it's like, your first time driving around, you probably didn't know where you were going. You didn't know the people. It's just like anything else. It gets easier. So um, once I know my route, I think I'll be way better off. I'll be quicker. I'll be more efficient. Maybe I'll get done earlier, or at least I'll just get done with more of a physical um, freshness. You know what I mean? I'll feel sure. more fresh. And uh, I think I'll be able to start accomplishing things throughout the week. Yeah, that's important. And just time management you'll get better at that as you go yeah that's just yeah. getting accustomed to it i remember i took over a new area at one point and this is before like technology was totally different this was almost 15 years ago now oh shit it, it was to the point where nothing was like routed for me <laughs> so i got handed handed like a master copy of all my customers and basically was told to figure it out oh my so God. what i did on my own i went and bought um streets and trips a program on a computer and i looked up the addresses like they pop up on the map yeah and i basically coordinated it myself the first two weeks dude it was the most stress i've probably ever been under i'm like getting calls left and right like my boss asked me what the hell i was doing out there and i didn't want to be the guy to be like yo you guys set me up for failure here like i need to figure this out mm -hmm. and i came out of that i kind of you know i got my shit together after a while uh but yeah it was very stressful and and just like things tend to get better in time you know what i mean and you kind of just figure it out um but I, I do i do feel like the work-life balance is very important um to your overall health you know and relationships and you know time with kids and you know and that's why you know fortunate being you know you don't have kids so you're still figuring things out like it's all good and, and you make good money you make that sacrifice and then as your your needs change your wants will change too you know what i mean so yeah um it's all good. You got to hustle though, man. You know, there's never, I'll never knock anybody for just buckling down and getting to work. And that's what they do because at times it's necessary. 
Yeah, I mean, I've been working. This is the first Saturday I've had off in probably like three weeks. So that's that's another thing. And um, but yeah, dude, you're right. Like it's it's very important, man. Like you you can't live for the weekends. And I remember like when I was working in the mailroom in New York, I I loved it, dude. I I would stay up late, probably too late during the week because I had I felt like so uh. I felt so in control at my job that like it was second nature at that point. Mm-hmm. And I think that this will get like that though, you know, cause even like the good thing about this job at least is like, let's say I, I sleep, um, you know, I stay up too late. I can roll into work tired as a motherfucker. But when I get in there, there's nobody to say, Hey man, wake up. What are you doing? Right. You know, it's like, no, I can have my coffee, but I'm driving around. I'm in my own truck. You know, no one's bothering me. It's five in the morning. So nobody's out. You know, it's it's like you're you're just you're you're rolling dolly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so yeah. No, it's 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 important, man. And and just trying to balance like you as long as you have like goals and trying to balance your career, your family, like your mental health, like friends, you know, if that's important. Like if you want to be physically fit and your financial goals, it's just it's it's a lot, you know, and you just gotta find that whatever works for you. And the balance doesn't have to be, um, you know, I shouldn't say that, but I should say it's okay to have a side hustle too. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's, that's part of that. Um, cause who knows, like your job can, most jobs can replace people at any given instant. So it wouldn't hurt to have something to work on on the side or, you know, never give up on your dreams, man. You know, whatever it is, I think it's important to always dabble and in, in something to look forward to. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, it was really weird, man, because like I like to I like to write and uh working on screenplays and things like that, and it's funny because I think actually yesterday, which which is Friday, um, just in case this comes out on a different day, but on Friday, my last day of the week, I was riding around and I was actually like acting out scenes in my head from something that I wrote. Mm. You know, I was playing like the different characters, almost like doing like a play. I didn't have any music on, no podcast, no nothing. It was kind of like riding around the silence. And uh, I was like, man, I should start recording this, and then I can write it down as a dialogue or a scene. So there's just so many things I can do when I'm by myself and, like, figure out how to use the time even when I'm at work, you know? Like, um, but you're right, dude. And I want to – that's another thing I want to incorporate uh, or incorporate in my, in my day uh, after work is working out, dude. Like, I might not hit the gym, but I want to work out at home. I used to do it all the time, and I, I've been slacking like crazy. And when you're driving all day and that's your job – it's not really a good time to start slacking on taking care of your health, you know? Yeah. And that's, you know, with quarantine and the pandemic, that's one thing I was able to focus on, like, especially last year, like I got down, but I think it was 20, 25 pounds, you know, just really taking it seriously. And I was doing the whole intermittent fasting. Yeah. I found out that wasn't really sustainable though, like for a long period of time, it's just tough. Yeah. I think it's a good thing to do like in your cycle and mix it in and just change things up. Um, cause it'll speed up your metabolism and you know, you're not just make sure you get what you need in that time frame. I know, I think you've done it in the past. Yeah. Too, I'm right? actually, I, I do it now. Nice. Yeah. I nice. mean, it's, I'm only a hundred pounds, but <laughs> <laughs> probably shouldn't be doing it, but I do it. Yeah. Uh, but well, I was five, nine and like two twenty five, dude. So I needed to cut some weight. Yeah. But you look like you, like you cut down a lot of weight. Man. Yeah. A lot of people still say that. So it makes me feel good. You know, next... mad sexy dude. Thanks baby. But, uh, <laughs> No, I mean, it makes you feel good, like, every day, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. it's just, uh, it's a good feeling and and seeing those results and keep it going. It just, it it made other areas of my life better, man, you know what I mean? And 
You're just holding yourself accountable. Staying consistent, I think, is the biggest key. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, it's, it's, it's not easy to do that. Like, once you take one day off, you're like, oh, this feels nice. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, I mean, you can take a day or even two. Like, I try to go five days a week. Right. You know, and this week I slipped up a little bit for numerous reasons. There's a lot of other stuff going on, but the key is to not stay slipping, you know, right, and get right. right back on it. Like, I'm going to go tomorrow no matter how I feel because I know if I go four days, like, I'm going to feel like shit about it. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing. You just, you don't want to, yeah, that three day is like the limit, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and sometimes it's okay. Your body does need the rest. You know what I mean? There's um, science to back that up. It's very important too, but um, sometimes a little mental and physical break is good too, but I'll always push for that healthy lifestyle. I think it's important. That's why part of the reason I'm a big sports guy too, you know what I mean? And I, I love sports and, and, and I, I need to do that. I feel like it's part of my calling. So that's why I think work-life balance also goes to that too, because I enjoy that. It's, it's helped me bond with my son and, and help shed some light on, you know, younger athletes too. So talk about it. Yeah, man. I mean, <clears throat> Football in particular, that's like, that's my love. You know, it was music. Well, football, then music, and then like got, going into coaching. Um, yeah, it's just, uh, it's rewarding, you know, because there's not much in life that gives you instant gratification. Right. You know, so if you can help someone achieve their goals and see that through, I think it's really cool. Oh, definitely. Especially kids. Yeah. And you're so impactful because, you know, mom and dad telling you shit every day. Sometimes it gets old and they check out. Right. It happens with me and my son. Right. You know, when I'm I'm riding him about something and he's just, you know, whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it happens. So yeah. when he gets coached up from somebody else, it just, it might trigger something different. Yeah. You know, so, uh, and I always didn't have the best coaching back in the day. I think I would have turned out a little different. But I think the game itself, any organized sport or any hobby, you know what I mean? Like, I just, it's helped me in my professional life. And sometimes in my personal life, like just being competitive, like with the guys. Well, you know? and you, I mean, you're learning a whole bunch of things at once too. Like you're learning how to lose properly. Right. You're learning what you need to fix. Like you're kind of learning how to deal with flaws. Yeah. Cause like, it's like, all right, now we got to start over again, but we have to figure out what went wrong. What are we going to change? You're learning how to work with others yes. as well as compete against others. Right. You know, that's just a whole bunch of stuff going on, like self-discipline, yeah. all that stuff. It, that's why I think like sports for kids in particular. I mean, I, I wasn't a sports guy, but at martial arts, same thing. It's almost the same type of thing. It's it's competition, it's self discipline, and um, you know, it's it's just you're with other kids. It, yeah, how to work with you. people because yeah. in, in, in all aspects, like you're gonna even if you're the biggest introvert at times, you're gonna have to work with people eventually. Absolutely, whether it's a job or a project or whatever even if you go to the bank you got to talk to somebody right, right so i mean right. you, learning those basic human skills are so important grocery um, store where's the milk yeah exactly right <laughs> don't forget your mask bro yeah all right you gotta um, put the mask on mask on um <laughs> double it up that i was that i was yo we're gonna clown sometimes too so you guys got to be ready for some just off the wall shit sometimes you know you might get a Trump. You might get a Dr. Fauci from, you know, time to time. Or you might just get some mafia guy from, from, from Brooklyn who just wants to, you know, fucking catch you on the side of the street and beat you with a cat. You know what I mean? You're fired. Chill. Chad. Yo, you got to clown a little bit. Yeah. So, all right. I'm going to, uh, are we good on that? Yeah. Work-life balance? Yep. That was a good chat, man. Hopefully, uh, you know, we helped somebody out. I'm going to rip through this sports joint real quick. 
Um, just a few talking points. Yeah. Um, feel free to jump in whenever you want, man. Let's go. So right now we got the NCAA tournament. I know you like basketball. Yeah. Um, college. I'm not. I haven't been like so super engaged this year. Um, last year there was no NCAA tournament. First time ever. Wow. Got canceled because of coronavirus. Um, so I'm just gonna give like my top. My my final four prediction. Um, but I will say number two, Ohio State got beat by Oral Roberts, which I'd never even heard of before. <laughs> um, I, I thought think... that was somebody's name. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, man. Oh, I thought shit. it was a dentist or something. I don't oh, know. shit. Got to go see Oral Roberts. Yeah, right. It's wild, man. Yeah. And, you know, I'm a Michigan fan, so Ohio State is definitely our biggest rivalry, so I'm not, I'm not sad about it. Um, but right. I got Gonzaga in Michigan and then Baylor in Houston in the final four. We can go, go back to this later once the tournament gets closer to the end. Um, other than that, I want to give a big shout out to Drew Brees, New Orleans Saints quarterback, retired after 20 seasons. Heard about that. Yeah. Super Bowl champ, Super Bowl MVP, 13 time pro bowler, man. Fastest player ever to get to 80,000 yards. I, I'm sorry. The first player to get to 80,000 yards. Wow. Uh, Brady will be next. He's right behind him, but he was the first. So, um, passer rating of 98.7 yards, 80,358. 98.7 um, yeah it's wild man Who, who's uh how do they how do they gauge that like is that uh who's a, who's up there like are there other are there other i notable? didn't see the top list of all time but that, that's how he ended that sounds crazy dude yeah it's just a um i don't know the exact formula um but it's it has your your completion percentage like your yards and all that stuff mixed into like a grade so it's super high, though. I was going to say, all I know about it is it's close as hell to 100. Right. Yeah. It must be good then, right? Yeah. yeah. And then touchdowns, 571. That's second all time. So that's a hell of a career, man. And what he's done for the game, the city of New Orleans, like after they had the hurricane and stuff like that, like he was just, he was great for that community. Um, great football player. And then the last thing I just wanted to chop it up about was uh, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, man. Um I love watching his fights. You know, obviously he's before our time. I think he stopped fighting in 87. I was born in 86, but, you know, being uh, half Mexican, you know, my family's big into boxing. I have uncles that were, you know, gold glove champions. Shout out to my cousin, Mateo. You know, he's still doing his thing. Um, but boxing is, is big in our family. So, yeah, 67 total fights. Uh, he went 62, 3 and 2, 52 of those wins by knockout. Yeah, I dude's mean, a beast. Just wild, man. Rest so, in peace, man. No doubt. Crazy. And he still has the uh, the highest knockout percentage of any undisputed middleweight champ. So It's crazy, man. Shout out to Marvin Hagler, man. Yeah, dude. What a loss, man. Crazy. The greats. You know, as you get older, you know, you start to see this. Like, you're losing some of these great athletes. And uh, it's sad. It sucks, man. It's, it's unfortunately part of life. And, uh... You know, some of these guys will just live on forever, though. You know what I mean? Through memory and the moments they've had. And it's just wild, dude. I still remember, like, how historical it was when Ali lit the torch for the Olympics. And just losing him was like, damn, man. That was um, that was actually one person that I wish I could have met. Um, like Muhammad he, Ali? Yeah. He right. was one of the... Like, I just kind of wanted to meet him. Like, I feel like, especially towards the end of his life, not saying... That it was only because of uh, Parkinson's, but I think he just seemed so humble, uh, so so down to earth, and um, I I don't know. I was just really disappointed, like when I heard that he passed, because that was one of my. I don't know what made me even think I would ever get a chance to meet him, 
uh, for me to even feel sad about it. Like, damn, I'm not, that's something I can't do now. But uh, it was, I remember thinking that like when he passed, like, damn, that's, I'm not going to be able to meet him now. Yeah. I remember we talked about this a couple weeks ago, but I watched that, uh, the 50th anniversary of Ali and Fra- yeah. uh, Frazier. Yeah. Um, and I'm sorry, Hagler. No, Frazier, I'm sorry. Yeah, what the hell am I talking about? No, it's all good, dude. I got Marv on my all, mind, man. We, we got Corona going on out here, man. It's all <laughs> fucked up, dude. Yeah. We got some uh, some symptoms left over, I guess. <laughs> oh, no, shit. but um, yeah, that I watched that fight, and dude, just Joe throwing bombs and, you know, Ali just ducking and jiving, you know what I mean? And that was once Ali got put on his can, dude, that was the game changer in that fight. Yeah, man. And that was in the 12th round, too, bro. You think he would have won? You think he would have won by decision if he didn't get put down? It was pretty fucking close. It was close, but I think Frazier hit more shots, more I power think he did shots. Too, probably, yeah, you're right. You yeah, know? he was. I don't think. Fuck it, dude. I don't think Ali uh, was really prepared for that shit. Mm. Like how much of a I'm yeah. coming at your ass. Like yeah. you're, you're gonna fuck me up, but I'm not gonna stop. Yeah, like, Frazier was motivated, man. Yeah, he was. He fucking hated him back then. Yeah. I'm glad they were able to, I think they were able to patch it up eventually. Did you ever see the interview they did when they watched the fight together side by side? No. And they were like, yo, this is a bad idea. I don't think this is smart. But the, yeah, they actually got into a little altercation, you know, because Ali kept messing with them. That was his thing. That's just yeah. who he was, you know. Yeah. Joe was getting pissed off. He got up, stood up, he like, oh, do he, something. Did do he something. tackle him? Yeah, they just got into like a scrum. They didn't like punch each other or nothing, but they wrestled each other to the ground. Yeah. Some people said it was for show, but Joe looked pissed, man. Dude, he did have a way of uh of like pulling Joe's strings, dude. He was yeah. he was uh he liked fucking with him. Yeah, man. Good times, legends, legends in the making. Yeah, man. It's just unfortunate though when we keep seeing people pass. You know what I thought about the other day too is uh I feel like I feel kind of sad um for for Bruce Jenner. Just because, I mean, he's Caitlyn now. She's, you know, Caitlyn. Right. But it's like, I feel like he, she's more known as Caitlyn than she is for her, like, accomplishments in the Olympics. Yeah, that's wild. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, because you, you forget about all that. You know what I mean? It just, it turned into <laughs> oh, something yeah. totally different. Yeah, it's just wild. But, but it's weird, like, because you brought up, like, people dying, you know, like, the legends and... It, some people live forever and some people are remembered for their accomplishments within sports and some people aren't. They just, yeah. they're, they're forgotten. It's yeah, crazy. That's, that's a good point. When you look at like Kobe. Oh man. Like how bad was that? Like, all right, we got the, the pandemic and then boom, oh, Kobe man. dies. Like that was tough. Like he was one of my favorite athletes of all time. Like even though he was in LA, like the whole Mamba mentality thing, like that was a real thing. Yeah. You know? And I think if people like, utilize that like in their everyday life like you could be very successful off that he just had he had that mj killer instinct yeah know? yeah i might have a friend who he was diehard kobe fan dude he called me crying yeah and i felt so bad for my boy it was like damn man yeah that was that was just that really fucking set the year off man yeah like that was terrible dude not horrible but the rings the legacy you know what i mean um, what he did in his spare time, like helping other athletes and how, you know, his bond with his kids and things like that. Yeah. Like, that yeah. stuff will never be forgotten, man. No. Um, you talk about legacy. I think we all should aspire to leave some sort of legacy behind when we're gone one day. You know what I mean? So um, he's a testament to that. And, uh, you know, I mean, pro athletes, yeah, people are like, 
oh yeah, these guys make tons of money and but they're still human, man. You know what I mean? You gotta some people have just God given gifts. You know what I mean? You can't fault them for using them. Yeah. Like say, you know, you blow up in music and like I'm not I'll be so happy, dude. I'll be your <laughs> biggest fan, bro. Like I don't understand like people just don't want to see other people succeed. That's crazy to me. Yeah. It's it's I'm well, you know, it's it's envy, you know. It's yeah. envy, it's jealousy. They they don't and they they can't it's almost like they can't wait to see people fall. Like look at what happened to Tiger Woods again. You know, yeah, like right. people just love that shit, dude. Or uh, or even like Biden. I, I'm saying like people love to watch people fall. It's like, yeah. You know, look at Biden. Like he falls up some stairs and everyone makes it a big deal. It's like people just really want to see failure. Yeah, you know, that's so true, though. And it's it's sad, man. You know, it, it, some of the jokes like I got a sense of humor, sense of humor, just like you do. Yeah. Um, but some of the shit that goes out like after a, a horrific accident or a death, it's just like, man, so distasteful. You know what I mean? Like. It's not me trying to be better than anybody else, but it's like, dude, like, there's just a total lack of respect, I think, overall. Yeah, and there's, like, a time and a place for that stuff, too. Like, I think, um, you know, if you if you uh, consider yourself a comedian or you are, like, a professional comedian, now, if I tune into your podcast, I should probably be ready for you to be popping some shit. Yeah, But, yeah. like, if you're just you know, some average Joe or whatever, and, and you know, you're talking about some sort of topic and, and you're popping jokes. It's like, dude, come on, man. Like, there's got to be a point where you can turn it off, you know, and yeah. be serious or, or be appreciative of someone's accomplishments or if someone passes away, you got you to gotta recognize that there's a loss here. Yeah, no, there's a time and a place for everything, and I agree with that. Yeah. Um, but, like, when Tiger Woods won, he came back and won the Masters in that was April awesome. of 19. You know, just just the hate that was out there. It's like, what? I mean, I understand, like, not condoning anything that he did, but the dude liked to get it in. Doesn't he make him really, like a, a really devil, though. Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Tiger Tiger Woods, y'all. <laughs> he was getting more than a hole in one. You know what yeah, I mean? yeah. He was getting it in dude. on every hole, bro. But um, <laughs> yeah, you know, like seeing him with his his dad and his son, like it was just, I don't know, it was mad cool, man. Like it was one of those feel good moments. You know, if you could set the, everybody has demons and things they've done wrong. Not a soul on this earth is perfect. Right. Okay. So take it for what it is. You don't have to like the guy. I guess you don't have to be a fan of everybody, but like some, some of these moments are timeless and I just feel like people should enjoy it more, I guess. What do you think about the hate that Tom Brady gets too? Like it's, it's, Yo, like I, I was, I used to be a Tom Brady hater and I bet against him all the time and I always lose. But, but isn't it like similar to, like Jordan, I, I don't know. You're a little bit older than me, but not enough to where I don't know if this is the case because I didn't grow up watching basketball. I think the first time I ever saw Jordan was maybe I saw him on TV a few times as far as like games, but the real time that Jordan had an impact on my life personally was Space Jam. I was like, yeah. that was when I think pretty much everyone was on board with the fact that he was the greatest and. He was fucking balling out with Bugs Bunny and shit. Right. And I was like, yo, he's every kid loved him and he was on cereal boxes and all that. But like, were you were you ever at a point where you didn't like Jordan? Um, only when he was smashing the pistons. You know so what you I mean? But, still remember okay, so you were kind of like, damn, I don't want him to win right now. Yeah. See, I never watched him play against a team that I liked. Yeah, like growing up, like I was young, like real young, but mm -hmm. like my my grandpa and you know my stepdad at the time, like they they were into it, like the bad boys okay. and all that. Okay. Yeah, so we we lived that, and then I, as I'm getting older, I got to see Jordan 
overcome the Pistons because they used to beat him up, dude. Right. Like, he had to put on weight, get in the gym, like, kind of change his game a bit. Yeah. You know, because we used to smash the Bulls for a few, few years there. And, uh, yeah, he just came back and dominated, man. And it was, you just had to respect it. You know, and it's the same way with Tom Brady now. Like, he's just, he's the GOAT. Well, that's you know what I mean? was going to ask you since, like, I actually recognize all the hate now because I'm older and hearing it from people, even though I don't watch football too much. But, like, just hearing people talk bad about Tom Brady and you're saying, like, I was on that. Where do you sit now? It's different. I just I sit there in, like, amazement. Like, <laughs> I'm just, uh, yeah, it's, it's unbelievable what he's able to do. Seven Super Bowls, like, never been done before. So and should they make a Space Jam with Tom Brady? Instead of LeBron, <laughs> like just football it out, dude. Like the monster, like the the monster has got to got to be like, all right, we're gonna pick a different game. We're gonna yeah. do football now because that's that's how we can win. Because football is a big man's game. Right, right. Would you would you pick? Would that be better? He probably would. And then uh, <laughs> his old coach, because you know he left and went to Tampa Bay. Right, and, right. You know, won the Super Bowl, so yeah. he'd have, maybe have to go up against Bill Belichick at the end. You know what I mean? Right. The monsters get Bill Belichick to fucking coach them, and he's like, <laughs> "Fuck out of here! I'm getting with the, <laughs> I'm gonna get the Bucks uh, coach, and we're gonna Yo, do our thing." Everybody's like, "Yeah, Bill Belichick's done." You know, Tom Brady, like he he won that. I, I still don't know though, because like they had one bad year. Yeah, it was a COVID year. And this dude, like, went and spent more money than he ever did to try to rebuild his team. Like, I guarantee you the Patriots are going to be back in the playoffs next year. And I would love to see them two face off in a Super Bowl. Oh, that would be fucking wild. Can you imagine the headlines and the build-up to that? Holy shit, dude. I mean, I know the Patriots have been in the Super Bowl, like, more than anybody in the last two decades. But that storyline, I don't think there's anything better than that. So, and since I don't know anything about football... <laughs> You said he called Gronk, right, to get him back in. Yeah. Is he re-retired now? No, he's coming back. Both of them are coming back again. <laughs> so, okay, so if he, um, There's another wow. video of we ain't going, going no way. Okay, all right, so so if he, um, wow, so if he faced off against Bill Belichick and the, and the Patriots, then it would be him, Gronk, versus the old squad. Yeah. Yep. Wow, yeah, that would both be of them. fucking nuts. It'd be lit, though. Yeah. The only thing I would rather prefer, well, I would prefer the Lions in the Super Bowl over that, but of course. they're in a rebuilding phase, you know what I mean? We haven't won anything since 1957, so that's a long <laughs> shot, bro. Dude, they've been in a long rebuilding phase. Yeah, we've been building since 57, bro. Damn. Are you still going to root for, uh, who's the quarterback that just left? Um, Stafford. Stafford. Yeah, Stafford. honestly, yeah, I was talking about this with a buddy last night, and, uh, you know, multiple times in the past and you know it's either like you love the guy or you hate the guy guy was here for 12 years you know gave it his all no he's not a tom brady he's not an aaron Rodgers. he's not like a drew Brees, right but he's a really good quarterback tough as nails like he's a guy i would take on my team any day of the week so <clears throat> i don't wish no ill will on the guy right <clears throat> unless you know we're playing against him of course i want to win but i hope he goes there and has success yeah i uh it's weird i was not to compare it to a different sport, but when Ben, ben Wallace left, mm. like the Pistons, I kind of felt the same way about Ben. Like, I was a little upset because I heard it was about money. Yeah. And uh, they had just won the championship. So it's like, or, or maybe it was like a couple years after that or whatever. But I was like, damn, dude, like, y'all just won. We got the squad. But I wasn't, 
there's something about Ben Wallace that I just always will, yeah. will love. It's that, that hustle factor. Like, no, he wasn't the highest scoring player. Didn't right. have all the accolades until, you know, then he get the whole fro thing. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. He was just a cool dude, that hustle guy that you always need on your team. Like, yeah. Even as a coach, like, I love players like that mm-hmm. because they, they do all the little things, right? They'll do the dirty work. They'll make a block another kid won't. He thinks he's too good for whatever it may be. Yeah. Ben will take the charge. He's blocking shots. You know what I mean? Like he was he was awesome, man. Yeah. He, he was, was fun dope. to watch. And he he had like a good personality too. He was just uh yeah, he was really fun to watch, man. Really entertaining. I think that's the thing with some football players. They uh you, you don't always get to see their face. Yeah. And then if they're not really um vocal in the media, people will hate on him for that. Like, oh, he's not a leader. But you can be a leader by example. Yeah. And that's what I feel like he was, but to some people, that's just not good enough. They want to see you like Tom Brady. He'll he'll light somebody up on the sideline. Yeah. You know what I mean? It just shows he's had teams and success, so it all factors in. But I think there's multiple ways to lead. I think there hasn't been another franchise like ours that's been so bad. You know what I mean? And it's had terrible leadership. Um. So, yeah, he had a lot on his plate, and I think he gave it his all. So that's why I'll always root for the guy. Yeah, that's what's up. I I mean— it's crazy that's that you brought that face mask thing up though, because that's one of the reasons why it was hard for me to even get into um sports at all, really, when it came to football. Mm. Like because it's not as personable, I feel like, as basketball or these other sports where they're up close, they're zooming in, you can see who they are, how they act. Um also like for me, sports reminds me of politics in a way that like you if you don't know the sport and you get in late you're fucking trying to catch up yeah. with like everybody. And then it's even worse when you get around people that know about sports or know about politics because you feel even more lost. You're like, yeah. damn, I learned like two things, thought I was getting somewhere. Yeah. But then you guys sound like you're speaking a different language. Right. Well, it's even like that to that point, but also like Miguel Cabrera, Tigers, who's been, you know, a great player for us, but he's Venezuelan and still talks with a harsh accent. So, you know, I think there's a disconnect there. It's like mm, American people, maybe yeah. it doesn't just, it, there's not that connection. Right. You no, know, all people know is he likes to hit. You know <laughs> what I mean? A great baseball player, one of the greatest hitters I've ever seen, but it gets lost in translation. So even hockey too, you know, there's a lot of um, players from different countries. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So there might not be that connection. Yeah. No, that's true. That's true. It's just hard to get into sometimes, like when you're late, late to the party. And that's how I was with, when it came to football. Yeah, it's so late to the party, and now it's like, damn, dude, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, but at the same time, the game's been going on since nineteen whatever. You know what I mean? That's so, true. Yeah, but yeah, it's not for everybody. You know, uh, we're best of friends, and you know, we like different shit growing up. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's all good. But we can rap about different things, and you know the the noteworthy stuff. So we'll continue to talk about things like that because I love it. I could talk sports for days. Yeah. Um. I also just want to kind of close out the episode with uh you know, where do we go from here as far as uh, the world, man, <laughs> the state of the world uh, post-pandemic? Like, how do you think that things turn out? Where do you think, where do you think we're going to end up? Well, it's not the end of the world. Start by saying that. At least I don't think so. Um, I do see the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, I know things aren't moving as fast as some people would like. You know what I mean? Like, I know there's, there's cats that just want everything open and, um, and I'm, I'm, I, I want that, you know what I mean? Um, because it's, it's tough, man. It's been a grind, like mentally it's exhausting. You know what I mean? Going through all this and all the different, uh, protocols and 
you can do this, but you can't do that. You know, it's just, it's very difficult. I just, I foresee things getting much better and continuing to get better. Seems like, you know, more and more people are open to getting a vaccine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> how my, do you... my ma, <laughs> my ma got the vaccine with yeah. my head. Yeah. I want you to take the vaccine. Uh, we're trying to flatten the cave. <laughs> We're going to give you two vaccines. You're going to take one in your arm and one in your ass. <laughs> Yo. The second one's going to be six months later. You're going to take it in. That's oh right. God. You're going to take the Pfizer in the ass, <laughs> and you're going to take the Janssen and Janssen in your arm. And we're going to flatten this half pipe. And we're going to do it one day at a time, one oh, shot at a time. Man. But, uh, <laughs> yo, I love voices, too, so you can get a lot of that. But, no, on the yeah. real shit, I think by next summer, this time in 2022, think we'll be pretty close dude i hope you're right about that man because you know what i thought about the other day and i'm not trying to be a pessimist about this either because i too do see the light at the end of the tunnel mm. but uh one thing that really worried me uh, i don't know if you feel the same way but specifically when i lived in new york every time i would leave my apartment um i only left my apartment in the beginning to take out the garbage mm. and i would take the garbage out and i wouldn't wear my mask because i'm like i'm just running the garbage real quick now, if somebody else was walking around in the complex there, they would, like, get away from me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, it was like, and I, what, what I thought about the other day, my cousin said something. She's older, too. Like, you know, she's in her 50s or whatever, almost 60 now. And um, she said, you know, she's one of the people that doesn't care about masks. Like, mm -hmm. she doesn't care if she gets it or whatever. But she's like, I only wear it because I don't want to cause confrontation. You know, I don't want people to look at me like I'm, you know, doing anything wrong. And I thought about that, and I was like, damn, dude, are we ever going to get to a point with the way the media is handling this or the way that people are scaring and putting fear in us? Are we ever going to get to the point where we're not weirded out by other humans that we don't know being near us without a mask on? I think some people may be scarred for life, unfortunately. Holy shit, and dude. And it's, it's a scary thing to think that's, about, isn't it? Yeah, that's why I'm, that's the one thing that I was like, damn, when we talk about normalcy, are we going to get back? Cause I just watched a cipher the other day. It was like, I think it was like most deaf and a group of dudes yeah. huddled and they were rapping, holding each other on their shoulders or you've seen like, or even just huddles in football. Right. Um, when that was normal, dude, like a group of people with beers and they, you know, it's like, damn man, are we really, are we away from that for good? And I really hope not because like, you know, I guess if your circle's kind of small and you, you hang out and see the same people, like like we shake hands, right? It's oh not, yeah. I I just I don't think I could ever give that up. But there's I have to be mindful of others. Like some people are still not okay with that. And as odd as it is to me, like I gotta respect how they feel about it. You know what I'm saying? Whether yeah. I agree with it or not. Like, no, I don't want to give the coronavirus to anybody else and you know be a detriment to anybody. But I don't want. I also don't want to give up you know, how I was raised and I'm a people person, you know what I'm saying? Like all those things. And there was a time we were worried about, we wouldn't be able to shake hands, you know, at the end of games. And, um, you know, me and my uncle talk about it that a lot, you know, like, damn, is it just going to be fist bumps or just well, saying hi from about six the, feet away? What, what do you think about the vaccine though? Do you, I mean, do you think that the, first of all, are you going to get the vaccine? Um, I was actually going to do it. Um, just because, I didn't know, like, if we were going to be required to to do certain things in the future. I don't uh, know if that's a thing. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, that so, would... What do you think about that, though? You think that's kind of Germany-esque? <laughs> <Like, it> was... <laughs> I do, and that's messed up, and I, I'm kind of upset at myself for kind of falling in line, but 
Uh, I mean, listen, if I can, for the greater good, I guess I'll do it oh, because so many shit. people are doing it. Yeah. But, man, God was dead against it at first. The first time we had this conversation, I was like, hell no, I'm not doing it. Well, did you hear that? Uh, I don't know if you know this or not, but not. I don't want to go too long here, but did you hear that the way that they're doing this vaccine is different? Yeah. So from what I understand, it's not like a flu shot where they're actually giving you the virus. Right. Um, it's different. Yeah, um, they're like triggering your cells to create a certain type of protein that is somewhat of an antibody that can fight against the coronavirus, but they're not actually putting the dead virus or a weakened virus in you the way they've done for centuries. Right. So it's like, uh, oh no, man. Yeah, like, I mean, everybody. Centuries. I don't even know if they've had, no, like decades. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Well, I don't know what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, they were rubbing dirt on it back in the 1800s. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Dude, what the fuck? Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, so, I don't know. Like, I, I'm not a guy that always goes and gets the flu shot even. I, I'm usually not sick. I might get a common cold here and there. Mm -hmm. um, I just, I'm not a big guy for taking shots. I'm not a big medicine guy. I know that might offend some people because it's a big business, but... For me, like, if I can heal something naturally, I'd rather do that. Yeah, like, I'm not, and I'm also, like, to be clear, I'm not um, against vaccines either. Yeah. I just, uh, sure. when, when it comes to flu, first of all, like, per se, flu, I'd rather just get the flu because I feel like I can fight it. Um, but I just, the one thing I am against, against is, like, mandating shit, dude. I just think that's weird. Well, they're not going to mandate the vaccine, but I know, like, so certain jobs are requiring it. Yeah, man, fuck. Um, and I just think you got to do your research, man. That's what I kind of go back to. Um, you got to make the best decision for yourself. Um, I don't know. I just, I don't want to be restricted moving forward either. Oh um, no, me neither. But thankfully I called my doctor because I wasn't out of that 90 day window yet. Mm. Um, and she's like, absolutely not. Don't take the shot yet. Like you still have antibodies, you know, you're just not in the safe zone to do it. So I'm going to just take my time. I'm going to do a little more thinking, a little more research. And then, um, I'm not like dead against it anymore. Um, so I'm just going to take a, take some time, make an educated decision. You want to know something funny is I actually gave my mom a ton of shit because she asked me if you were going to get the vaccine. And I was like, mom, he already had coronavirus. I'm like, what are you talking about? Mm. And she's like, so what? He could still get it. And I was like, mom, you've been the most rational person my entire life. What's going on here? I was like, did you, did you have the chicken pox as a kid? Mm. And she was like, yeah. I was like, did you get the vaccine after you had the chicken pox? She was like, no. I was like, why? And she's like, because I already had the chicken pox. I was like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> Mike already had fucking coronavirus. But it's funny that like now, now, I'm, now I got to check myself. Like, oh, fuck. He might get the vaccine now. Like, damn, I guess I, I was dumb. But, right. I, but back in the day, I mean, I didn't feel like if you had the virus already and you got over it, it's like, what's the point of having the vaccine now? But I didn't know that the antibodies go away or maybe they don't still i don't know and that's another thing i don't think the research is 100 percent clear yet right you know and it's it's tough man like there's a lot of pressure on those scientists to really understand it and then they say there's different variants yeah um so it, it runs deep dude i just i don't know uh like i said i'm gonna just take a little more time on it man because it's it, it is kind of a big deal well at least like to be honest and I, i'm not trying to make like a light of it but at least you got it, like the real thing, and you yeah. beat that shit. Right. Like that's best case scenario, I feel like, honestly. Because, yeah. dude, yeah, they, they're going to research it. And, you know, even these scientists are changing their minds every day or learning new things and then coming back and giving us different information. So I feel like we know as much as they do. 
and uh, not not it's just based on what they tell us. But you actually got the virus and beat it. So I think that whatever antibodies you have is exactly what you needed. I just hope that they're wrong and those antibodies don't leave your system. I, I hope that, you know, the virus is no longer foreign to your body because right. you've had it and you will be able to, maybe it'll suck. You could get it again, maybe, but you, you won't, um, it won't be fatal. Yeah. And I get like controlling the virus, but like also like, I think your immunity lessens when you're not around people and you're not, you know, yeah. um, exposing yourself to certain things. Yeah. Um, me too. I agree. Yeah, I just don't think, you know, it's got to be in the people's hands. You know, I think they, they need to uh, decide and, and dictate less um, and just give people the option. If you don't feel comfortable, then I think, you know, be more cautious. So, But you do think that by this time next year, we'll be good? I think we'll be good. I think certain businesses will still probably have the option to require masks. Um, but I think we'll be as... I don't, I don't even know if we'll ever get back to normal. Um, but well, the Chinese, I mean, the Asians been wearing masks for fuck years, dude. And yeah. we looked at them like, they're, like, what are you guys doing? You know, like they knew something we didn't, but. How do you feel about like, would you be okay with like uh, people that work with food and things like that still being required? And I mean, or should you just open it up completely? I'm so fucking weird, dude. I, I want it to go back to normal, man. I'm ready to just. uh I'm ready to die for this shit. <laughs> it sounds so yeah. stupid, man. I, I swear, I don't mean to be uh I don't mean to be that guy, man. Um, honestly. And I haven't had it, dude. So in a way it's kinda like, oh, it's easier to say. Like if I was fighting for my life, maybe I'd be humbled, you know? Yeah. But I I dude, I don't know, man. I mean, look, people fly, people get in cars, people drink alcohol, people do a ton of things that come with a ton of risks and if you look up the statistics on all these things you will find out that it's very much uh dangerous and we still do them because we enjoy the perks now i may sound nuts but nobody lives forever um we are we're already overpopulated dude We're, we're trying to keep assholes alive like for for you know i mean we literally take care of everybody we take a care of we'll take care of the highest person like from the president to the lowest person who doesn't contribute anything to society so i feel like since we're already like the greatest people on earth uh we just i just want to be i want to be normal man i think we should just let let god let nature take its course man unfortunately now do i think that we should go be reckless and then like hang out with grandma and grandpa or our cousin who's super old no but I think we should have way more choice in this matter, especially when the survival rate's over 99%. Yeah. No, and I agree with that. And it sucks, you know, because I know there there are people that have lost their life to it, but it's, you know, there's people that lose their life every day to certain things. And it's like, you know, to your point about grandma and grandpa, like there's people that weren't able to, to see them again. You exactly. know what I mean? And exactly. That, that's sad in its own right. And wouldn't you feel like if you know, I don't even want to say this, but like, God, for, or I'll, I'll use my, myself, but like, let's say my mom got it. Dude, two seconds, I'd be in the hospital with her the whole time. Mm. And I would risk my life just to be next to her. Right. But the fact that they're not even giving you the choice is, it, 
it's so unbelievable to me. Yeah, it's angering in a sense. It too. really is, dude. It really is. I don't know. It blows my mind, dude. I mean, it's like you understand certain parts of it, but there's also a lot of frustration that comes with that, with a lot of the restrictions. So I feel like, yeah, I, I feel like by next year, I think a lot of things will be back to how they were. I um, hope so, man. Yeah. I um, hope so. I guess maybe I'm, I'm always the glass half full guy, you know? Yeah. I, I try to see the, the bright spots and things, but you also got to be a realist too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think certain aspects are just probably not going to change, but I think a lot, a lot will be more like it was. I mean, I am like you in a sense of like, I always try to have a positive outlook. I think the only realism in me is my fear hmm. for um, just the fear of everyone else, like being scared to get near people again. You know, yeah. it's not really, I don't doubt anyone, but it's just like, they're doing a really good job of instilling fear in us. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's, uh, but I, I don't know, man. I do have high hopes though, dude. I hope you're right, man. I hope this time next year we'll look back on this episode and be like, remember that shit? Yeah. We're here. Right. I really hope that. Yeah. I hope so too. It's uh, it's been a, it's been a long rocky road, man. I just, I just want to keep climbing. You know what I mean? Yeah. I want to keep digging. You know what I mean? <laughs> you got to dig and dunk, man. <laughs> Well, I mean, is there anything else you want to wrap up? No, nah, man. I think that was pretty cool, dude. Uh, shit, it's 11.30 at night right now. We got the UFC going. Um, I figured we should just, like, finish off watching that. I think this was a great episode. I had a great time. Yeah, great time, man. And I'm, I'm looking forward to the future. Um, you know, a lot of bright things to come. We're going to have a lot of fun, a lot of, a lot of cool things to talk about, a lot, a lot more great combo. So excited about that. Yeah, I can't wait to get to those movies next week, too. Yeah. Just, uh... The triple X section is off limits, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been known to kind of go off the rails. <laughs> you know, sometimes I go off the rails. Sometimes. Sometimes the half pipe, you fly over the top and you, you know, you run into a couple of things. I fucking talk out of the side of my mouth sometimes, <laughs> you know. Talk about these girls. Well, Lot to come, lot to come. Yeah, man. I hope you guys had a good time uh, listening, and uh, we'll see you next time. All right, be good.